0: Living Local, telling the stories that connect us, a United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. This is Katie Kuhn. I would like to offer a trigger warning for this episode, which contains recollections of and information about sexual assault. Imagine that you are going about your day and you are suddenly, violently attacked Now imagine being questioned about what you could have done to provoke that attack or what you weren't doing to avoid it. Imagine that the person questioning you is a close friend, a family member, or even your partner. At the age of 21, Dawn Helmrich experienced a brutal sexual assault. This life-altering event had many negative outcomes for Dawn, including rampant victim blaming and lack of support during a traumatic experience on the witness stand. As a result of these experiences, Dawn has become one of Milwaukee's most vocal advocates for victims of sexual assault through her leadership of the annual Denim Day. Here is the first part of my conversation with Dawn. Dawn, is it hard to tell your story? It's
1: really hard to tell my story, but I feel like I have the power to do that for a bunch of different reasons. First of all, I was stranger raped, and stranger rape is very, very rare. Most rapes are by someone who you know, so therefore I feel like I have the ability to speak about it in a way that other people may not be able to do, because I couldn't be silent about it. I I had no choice but to talk because of the situation that I was in and a lot of times people just don't have that kind of voice. So I felt like it was my it was my right and my duty to do so.
0: Are there ever situations where you find yourself not wanting to share your story?
1: Yeah, actually probably every time I'm asked to tell the story, I don't want to tell it. For for a couple of reasons, I would say. First of all, because I am always afraid that People are either going to feel sorry for me or pity me or think, oh, that poor girl. You know, those things are are really well-intentioned, but that's not how I want to be viewed. I feel pretty empowered and pretty powerful. I've overcome a whole lot in my life. And so when I tell my story, it's because I can, because I've worked really hard to get to that point.
0: Tell us about your two kids and how you talk to them about this very difficult issue and your personal history with that.
1: Yeah, so um, before, when my husband and I were considering having children, that was one of the hardest things on the planet for me. And I always get really emotional about this because I was really afraid. I was afraid to have children because I was afraid that someday they would find out and I was afraid that they would think about me different, which they do, but not in the same way that I thought. And I, I remember talking to someone after my kids were born, and I'm like, when am I, I going to tell them? How, how am I going to let them know that this happened? Like, what's the right time? And that person looked at me and said, when the time is right, you will know and I think my daughter was about 10. And it was the anniversary of the day that I was raped and we were down at a festival. And it was like in the evening and music was playing and someone had walked past me and brushed up against me and I just started to panic. Like I got really freaked out and I started having a panic attack. And she grabbed my hand. She just grabbed my hand and walked me away from the situation. And I just knew it was the right time to tell her. It just felt like the right time to tell her. And she asked, Mommy, what happened to you? And so I told her, and I didn't, like, I didn't tell her in a long, extended version. Um, I, I told her just some small details, about what had happened. And over the course of probably two years, she asked me questions here and there, until eventually I told her the whole thing. And she said the best thing in the world to me, which is the minute that she said it, I knew that this kid was going to be one heck of an advocate someday. She said, Mom, why on earth would anyone ever do that to somebody else there's absolutely no way that that would ever be okay and i thought oh my god this kid gets it like this kid knows that this is something so critically important for humans to understand and nobody had to tell her she just got it i i told my son shortly thereafter too um in in a slightly different way it wasn't until a couple of years ago I received the Thrive Award from Aurora and the Healing Center and I had to do a video for them. And in throughout this video they learned a lot of things that they didn't know previously. But that they now now they know everything. Like they know everything.
0: And what are some of the ways that they advocate?
1: Well, my daughter is I mean <laughs> She is an upstander 100%. She doesn't. She, if if somebody says something out of line at school, she will call them out immediately. She this year she rallied her entire high school around Denim Day. She handed out stickers. She made a PowerPoint presentation, and every student received uh, information about what Denim Day is, what sexual assault looks like, who it can happen to. She pulls statistics from websites, and um, she really, really has a a really deep understanding of what victim blaming means and what's, what's right and what's not. And my son, he did something the other day that I can't even, like, I was so proud of him there was a, a boy at his school that was kind of harassing this girl. And he's he's an eighth grader. He's in middle school. And this boy um is a really, really good friend of his. And he was just harassing this girl and harassing this girl. And he said, Mom, you know, she came to me and she said, you know, you're his friend. Can you help me? And he said, I had to say something. I had to say something to this boy because he wasn't doing the right thing. And he goes, mom, I, I, I may have lost him for a friend, but he stopped, he stopped harassing this girl and that's all that matters. And I thought, yay, like yes, yes, that's, that's it right there, right? Like something so simple that just doesn't happen all the time because people are afraid to stand up for each other. And he did that. He risked. He risked a friendship to stop a girl from being harassed by another boy.
0: So Dawn, what is Denim Day?
1: So Denim Day is a day that was started back in 1998 when a woman was raped by her driving instructor out in Italy. And she had a really good support system. She charged the man. Um, he was convicted, he appealed the conviction, and the judge in the highest court in Italy overturned that conviction, saying that because she was wearing tight jeans, that um, she was giving consent. The women of the Italian Parliament got really angry about that, and they stood on the steps of the Parliament the day after that happened, all wearing tight jeans, and that's sort of how Denim Day was born, and then it filtered down to California to an organization called Peace Over Violence that um, has really tried to advocate that the um, states across the United States states honor Denim
0: Day. And so do you have any goals for Denim Day looking ahead?
1: Well, Fond du Lac County did this really cool thing where they hung pairs of decorated jeans by survivors on the light poles in their downtown. And there are these really cool pictures of all these jeans hanging on these light poles. And I was like, oh, we gotta do that. Totally gotta do that. How neat would that be to drive downtown and see all these jeans hanging from these light posts? You know, for me, the the most critical piece of Denim Day this year, more so than it's ever been in the past, were that male survivors sent me picture after picture after picture on Denim Day with the hashtag survivor or the hashtag brave or the hashtag speaking up. And because our theme was men and boys this year, I was just like astounded by how much courage people had on that day to feel like they had a safe space to say that they were survivors and to feel empowered, um, like to not feel ashamed. And I think if, I, if, if we or I or any of us can somehow do that, Make it so that people don't feel ashamed. Because in my book, no matter what the circumstances, it's not your fault. It's just simply not your fault.
0: Are some things that could change in the legal system and how Mm -hmm. these kinds of cases are, are handled? How those systems can be imp- improved to be more supportive of victims well I,
1: I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to change the attitudes and behaviors of media folks when there's a when there's an article in the paper that says something like fourteen year old boy has sex with his teacher, that sends a really, really bad message like What that title should read is, 14-year-old boy was raped by his 23-year-old teacher. And that's not the message we get. Or when an article comes out and says, 13-year-old prostitute arrested. 13-year-olds can't give consent. They can't be prostitutes. And if we can't change the tone of media, then it's gonna be really hard to change the court systems because by the time someone gets to court, they are be, they're, they, that perpetrator is going to have a trial by their peers, right, a jury by their peers. That jury has been infiltrated with the wrong messages throughout the media that gives them a skewed idea of what has occurred. And I don't care what anybody says, We are all subjective, you know. It's really, really hard to not have an understanding based on what you've read in the newspaper about a certain situation. I think that we need more advocacy. I just went to Madison to advocate on behalf of a bill that got passed where a person who has been assaulted is allowed to have an advocate with them from the moment that they disclose that they've been assaulted through the whole process. I, my perpetrators, two of them were under the age of 18, and so um, I, they went through juvenile court, and I had what was called a victim witness advocate because I had to, I had to go and testify. Um, but in the adult court, there was no one there for me. There was no one there for me. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. No one prepped me for how harsh I was going to be scolded, um, for my participation in the situation and to this day, it still makes me super angry. So, I think that there's a lot of things that could help advic- or could help victims to be advocated for, um, certainly in the court systems. nobody sh- should have to endure the type of victim blaming that happens in a court system because basically, it's that attorney's job to prove that you're lying. <laughs> so Everything that I can think of during those trials was just a horrible, horrible situation. It just was a horrible, horrible feeling the, the whole time. Being prepped and understanding kind of what you're in for is something really important.
0: What can somebody who's listening do today or this week to start supporting victims of sexual assault and start getting involved with this issue?
1: I would say do your homework. Go to the Rape Abuse Incest National Network website. Look at some of the statistics. Read a story or two from somebody who's been through it. Understand that the likelihood that you know somebody is pretty great, even if they've never told you, even if they've never told you, Treat everybody, everybody in your life, with care and respect. Understand that every single person on this planet has a story of some sort, whether it's sexual abuse, domestic violence, their parents got divorced, somebody died when they were young. We all need to to come to each other with care and respect and kindness that's so simple. It's such a simple thing. And I think we forget that so often that if we just treat each other nicely, that is going to go a long way.
0: That was Dawn Helmrich, United Way Data and Outcomes Manager and Chair of the Milwaukee Commission on Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault. Be sure to listen to Episode 2 to hear the rest of our conversation. Have you or someone you know experienced sexual assault? The Healing Center offers free and holistic sexual abuse and assault services to survivors and their families. Learn more at www.thehealingcenter.org. Don't forget to join us for a Twitter chat with Dawn Helmrich, Sojourner Family Peace Center, and the Office of Violence Prevention by following the hashtag... DV Safety, M-K-E, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Wednesday, October 19th. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Rebecca Schimke, Melissa Hannon, Brian McKaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McKay for providing the music and vocal talent for our introduction. To learn more about our podcast, including how you can offer your support, visit our website, unitedwaygmwc.org slash podcast.